Welcome to episode two of the Brawlcast podcast with Atrophius and Double Dime. I'm Atrophius. This is Double Dime. Dime, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing great. We got a lot to talk about today. We've got, uh, well, we got the balance, or we got not really a balance patch, but we got a patch preview. Yes, yes. Uh, the Brawlhalla stream unveiled Loki stuff today. They showed off SIGs. We got to see stats. Or they showed off skins, and we got to see stats because they had already released a SIGs trailer before. Mm-hmm. Um, we also learned that, like, all, most all have the SIGs have active input, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, they also showed off new changes to 2v2 elo gain for teams, uh, experience changes in ranked, uh, lots of stuff to go over. We also have Autumn Champs results to go over. Oh, my. Oh, my. Big major tournament. Yeah. A lot of very good brawlhalla was played over the past weekend Uh, yeah there was a ton of good brawlhalla to play that was played yeah Yeah. so it's a lot of stuff to talk about um what do you want to dive into first i hmm i think we should get some of the smaller stuff out of the way like uh let's talk about those those custom room changes i think that's really cool okay yeah yeah so one of the changes that they are bringing in this next patch is uh, changes to the custom room so that you can actually control the uh, specific type of gadgets that will appear in, in a custom game. So if you only want all bombs or if you only want just boomerangs, uh, you can have either of those things. You, you can kind of tailor your custom room experience to be specifically what you want if you want to play with gadgets turned on and uh i think that's something that i wanted to see for a little while especially since they've been adding more gadgets and the gadgets are like getting more interesting with like the sticky bomb and like the boomerang and stuff like that and i is one of the things that i was hoping that they would add and seeing it actually show up in the the stream today was was really cool yeah you know what i mean a lot of this podcast will be dedicated to competitive players and professional players, and we're going to keep up with all that esports stuff. But we got to remember that all that esports stuff doesn't exist without 95% of the player base, which is the casuals. I just want to have fun. I just want to get into a room with my buddies and whip bombs at each other and stuff like that. So anything like this is only a good addition. Yeah, you know? that's that's the that's what's always been really good about Brawlhalla is they did a very good job of kind of catering to the casual players very very early on in the game, and I don't want to throw any shade at any other games, but I have to bring up Multiversus in in this situation because Multiversus was very focused on competitive play only. And I think that had like a a bit of a disastrous effect on their player numbers because they didn't have any way to retain casual players. Yeah, you couldn't just jump into a room with four of your buddies and and throw gadgets at each other. It just didn't exist. 
that's why if we're going to talk about other games that's why smash is so is so successful yeah I mean, there is a there is a monster. It's the biggest fighting game in the world. There is the biggest scene on the planet. There's major tournaments every weekend for Smash. Mm -hmm. And I bet you 95% of the player base doesn't even know that those tournaments exist. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they grab four of their buddies. They turn on all of the items or they play only Pokeballs or they play only home run bats or they play only master balls or or they do 3v1 matches and stuff where, where one guy is super strong and all that stuff. And they can do that for the casuals. And those are the players that you need to retain a massive player base. Yep. And Brawlhalla with this change has has helped that. That it's just it's only good things. There's nothing negative you can say about this. Yep. Yeah. No, totally agree. Uh yeah. the other so along with that is they also made it possible to disable weapon spawns as well with this. So you can do gadget only games, you can do unarmed only games, um all gadgets only unarmed. Yeah, that kind of stuff is is that's a lot of fun. fun. So yeah, so that's gonna I, be fun. I'm definitely I think that those actually will be really good for streamers, especially. I'm thinking of like people like Slow Motion and uh, um, Crocky and those guys that do interesting stuff on their stream with their viewers. Those mm -hmm. are going to be fun, fun stream game modes. I think so. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be really cool. No, I think it's great. Nothing negative to say. Um, that's the one of the more positive things. One of the most positive things of the patch. It's great. Um, I'm glad they're doing it. Um, I want to talk Let's... about the two Zelo change next. Yeah. Okay. Because I noticed that two Zelo. I mean, a lot of people probably noticed that two's team Elo has been weird for a long time now, and yes. it feels like, especially if you're already like high rank, you it takes ages to rank up a new team and get it onto the leaderboard, mm -hmm. and that's one of the problems that they're kind of aiming to solve with this patch is the two v two team Elo increases faster if you're solo elo in twos your your combined solo elo in twos is already diamond or higher yeah that's that's that i feel like that's something that's long overdue because if you have two teammates who are 2500 and you're starting at zero elo mm -hmm. that just doesn't make any sense to me you know like it like and i get you're still gonna start well you're gonna do your placements that's what you're going to do. Remember when you used to have to start at zero elo? You're going to do your placements. And before, I think even if you went 10-0 and 0 from a brand new team, you couldn't get diamond. I don't think it was a thing that could happen. At least now, if you get into that, you go 10-0, and 0, you'll probably end up in diamond, and then you'll climb just so much faster. I mean, if you're starting a brand new team in twos, I think it still starts at 750 elo, even yeah. in placements. So like your, your starting point is still the same. And then if yeah. you get 10 wins in a row, you're maybe gold? Yeah, I think you, I think if you really fought really high tier teams, you might end up in platinum, like a low platinum. But yeah, I think it's I think it's you're in gold, like mid gold. That's probably the average of how it is, so um I think I think the, the with before this change, I believe the theoretical maximum amount of elo that you could get if you got the maximum amount of elo every single game that you fought was like a little over a thousand so you would be like maybe 1800 if yeah. you got the maximum amount of elo for every game you played 
so as low platinum as you could get. So this should change that. Yeah. So yeah. I'll be very interested to see like how significant the difference is in in the climb. Um starting a new team of people that are in both in diamond and if it's like if it's like double the amount of elo, that'll be really good. If it's like triple the amount of elo, that would be sick. So Yeah. I don't think they went into details on um just how much of a difference it is. Yeah. On the course. stream today. Yeah. Um but I'm hoping that it's something significant. Like I'm hoping it's a big, a big jump if you're starting in ten and fighting Valhalla players, hopefully you get like 200 ELO or something crazy like that. Yeah, if you win. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, it's it's a nice change. Again, something that you really can't speak negatively of, especially if you're a competitive player. There's just no downside. It just gets you... I mean, the leaderboard really doesn't mean that much, but we all like to brag about our fake numbers, so it does help to get there quicker, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So just not a yeah, another good change. Let's see what else can what else was talked about today. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, goofy changes for casuals, um, they so all of the sport theme modes and uh, and brawl like uh, brawl ball and volley brawl and things like that. Um, there was like a limitation, like a technical limitation that kept those game modes from being super unbalanced you could yeah. have like plus or minus one or something like that and now for the ones that support it you can go as many as you want for as like what will fit into a lobby so you can like 1v7 brawl ball or something like that which will be really entertaining to watch someone try to do i'm not gonna lie once I feel like again that's... yeah sorry go on i was gonna say i feel like that's probably impossible but that'll no, make I a think good that would be, uh, that'll make yeah. a good stream or a video series at some point maybe once again, it's just another really good change for streamers and casuals and just people who just want to have fun. Another thing that you just can't complain about. I am excited to watch, you know, you know, yeah, exactly. 7v1 volleyball or something like that. Just to just to watch somebody get pummeled into the earth in 45 seconds. That would be. <laughs> and there'll be somebody who will figure out some cheese strat that they might be able to, like, hang on in a 7v1. But, um. It'll be fun to watch, you know. I'm sure somebody like Crocky will will have like for koala points or something where he'll have like a super unbalanced like it won't be 7v1, but it'll be like if you can beat if you five golds versus three diamonds in volleyball, mm -hmm. if you can win, we'll give you a million koala souls each or something. Again, nothing negative to say about that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Good stuff. S so for the next change that was discussed today, there was a little bit of controversy that I saw on Twitter of people not being super happy about this experience change. And I saw you tweeted something that you could be maybe mean about it. I kind of want to hear your take on this because I think this I, would be a really I interesting. I just think that so there on. are. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let, Go let's, ahead. Let's, 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 let's preface this. Let's yeah, preface let's, it. let's describe yeah. what this is first. Okay. So experience change when you're playing in the ranked queue if you're the amount of experience that you get from playing matches against players is now going to be increased based on the rank of the player that you're playing against. 
So it starts off at like, if I remember correctly, it goes between like zero and 50% when you go from like gold to, to diamond. And then you get 100% more experience gained when you're fighting against Valhallans. So you get double the amount of XP if you're playing at that like top 150 range. So now with that context set, I want to hear your thoughts. People need to get hobbies. It's not worth getting mad over. <laughs> it only helps people incentivize getting into Valhalla. Like, let's let's be realistic. Once you get past what is it, level twenty, level twenty-five. Let's say 20, level twenty-five. Twenty-five is black color scheme, I believe. Yeah. Twenty-five is black color scheme. Once you get past level twenty-five, black color scheme. Every level after that means absolutely nothing. So what is the point of getting mad that people can now get to level 100 quicker? It just doesn't make any sense. There was... Like, so my thoughts on this is, like, people are already kind of, like, cheesing the leveling as it exactly, is anyway. Exactly. In, in, like, custom games or strikeout or free-for-all or whatever. I don't know exactly what the the tactic is for cheesing out fast 100s anymore but it's already happening so which already devalues the the experience to begin with so why not add an incentive to do it legit exactly and it's also it also doubles as an incentive to play ranked that's what i was just gonna say it also doubles in an incentive to put people in the ranked queue do you know how many people i know that I've talked about that know what Brawlhalla is that have never jumped in the rank queue. Mm -hmm. They play free for all and that's it pretty much mm -hmm. or whatever the part, because the play button is the first, but it's not ranked ranked is number two. It's the play button up at the top. That's number one. Yep. This will force not force, but this will incentivize a bunch of players to just jump into ranked and be like, you know what? I want to level up a character. And then they'll play, and then they'll fall in love with the competitive scene. And then all of a sudden, we have an influx of a bunch of new players to play. Mm -hmm. And now you've got 10 or 50, let's face it, maybe of the, let's say, arbitrary number, of the 10,000 players that are like, you know what, I want to give rank to go now because I want to level up my Yumiko quicker. Um, maybe 15 of them become competitive players. Mm-hmm. But you you forced 10,000 of them into the queue. Now the queue's popping for everybody. And they all got to play a new game mode and stuff like that. I just feel like sometimes the Brawlhalla community, not all the times, there's a lot of times where they are legitimately allowed to get mad. <laughs> sometimes a lot of them just want to yell at clouds. Yeah. And there's a lot of prominent people in the community yelling at clouds. I'm not going to name any names, but come on, like, let's focus our energy elsewhere. Yeah. You know, like how broken it looks like they're making Loki and stuff like that. Those six, those six are something, man. You know, like how absolutely like, let's let's take that energy and go, BMG, what have you done with Loki? He's got eight decks and no bad stats. You know I what mean, I mean? It could it could have been worse. Like we were talking on the last episode about what would happen if it was the first nine decks character, and that didn't right. happen. So I think we probably dodged a bullet there. Um, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking somebody over at BMG realized what 
craziness that they would unleash on Brawlhalla if they gave us a 10-deck Scythe and Katars legend and was like, all right, no, we can't do that. And, yeah, I guess. And capped it out at 8. But, they capped it out at 8, but then they gave you 6 SIGs that almost all have active inputs. Yep. So effectively, you have 6 SIGs which work out... How many of them are active inputs again? Is it... How many was it? Was it four? I don't remember four the exact six? number off the top of my head. I'd have to go watch. Regardless, it if you think about lot. it, an active input effectively is another option. Yep. yep. So now you've given the character Scythe already. So Scythe, we know, active inputs. Already kind of bends the rules a little bit of Brawlhalla because you get a bunch of ac extra options. And now you've given way more options to the character. In a game like Brawlhalla, that is... As simplified as the inputs are, more options always means better. Yeah. yeah. It's just, that's how it works. More options always means better. Yep. So the character on release is going to be really strong. I think we're, I think we're all bracing for it. Yeah, I think yeah. The, the interesting thing is going to be the fact that it's not going to be legal for a while for tournament play. So we may not know exactly how broken the character is until like winters next year. Yeah. When somebody who after BCX is just labbing the character. Yep. And maybe isn't talking about it very much. Yeah, you're gonna get players like that who are who will hide their tech. It happens in every fighting game. You you find a character that you like to play and you hide your tech for the first tournament. You get through your first tournament, a bunch of people see your tech, and then you tell everybody about your tech. Yep. You know? I think the character is going to be very interesting because, I don't know, Scythe and Katars are both very strong, but they both have their sort of like respective weaknesses on things like kill options and things but i think the sigs now make up for that you know it could we it could we we, we, we don't know we don't know we still don't know yeah yeah there's still a lot to speculate on there because we we still haven't really necessarily seen like frame data and stuff or hitboxing <laughs> on them either so we don't know exactly how much coverage they have we don't know how fast they are we don't know how quickly you recover after using them there's still a lot that's going to be figured out when the character comes out um, before we can kind of know just how broken he is. Yep. But, but the SIGs, there's definitely some power creep going on here. But there has been with some. There has been the for a while, and that's why they're doing things like reworking Cassidy SIGs. Yeah. Which, personally, wouldn't have been the first character I would have gone back and reworked. <laughs> I think Cassidy has really broken SIGs to begin with. Like, Let's be realistic, but um, the Cassidy choice was actually really interesting, and I think it was mostly because Hammer Down Sig just basically didn't exist as a Sig for a lot of people. I suppose, but they made the the character. Let's play as an aside. Let's look at Cassidy for a second. You've got True Combo Stomp into End Sig. <laughs> you had the fastest side Sig, one of the fastest side Sigs in the game. Uh, that's true. Vector was first. Vector needed the rework. That's the one. That's the one thing. Like Vector is fairly modern, and came out with 
if he sigs. You know? Vector, yeah, Vector's fairly modern. His D-Sig pretty much actually didn't exist. Oh, I, whenever I hit that SIG, I just, I, I took my hands off the keyboards. I win the game. This is this game, I win it. It doesn't matter if I lose. I actually won. Yeah. Yeah. I, Cassidy, Cassidy Hammer Down SIG actually did get used, mostly as a recovery option to get back to stage. <laughs> Which, that, that's okay if you can find utility for things. Yeah. You know? Like, that's fine. I don't see why every character, just like I don't see why every weapon needs to be broken at everything i don't see why every character needs to be broken at everything you know so and and um, they don't necessarily i mean all the weapons have their own sort of like archetype that they sort of fit into yeah and there is a little bit of crossover in the way that they work between things like axe and hammer to some degree hammer and sword to some degree like there's a little bit of like overlap in the way that they work with like their combos and stuff but like every weapon generally speaking has like different threat coverage areas yeah for the most part they also have like different ways that they behave and are designed to be played like Mm -hmm. cannon is a very like bait heavy play style weapon or yep. you're just throwing out attacks that you're using as a way to bait your opponent in so that you can punish them with something else. Mm-hmm. Like that is canon in a nutshell. And great then you've sword. got very similar. Yeah. So yeah. like canon and greatsword both kind of fit that sort of archetype. And then you've got things like sword, which are very like neutral sort of he- more more neutral heavy weapons, similar to hammer, where Hammer in particular is a very like honest weapon, in my opinion, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. It it it's got that where we talked about last week where it's uh Yeah, I was saying it's it's one of those weapons where it's so centered around its D light, just like Lance is so centered around its side light. Um that it's really tough to balance. Because yeah. it's so centered around one particular move. Right. Um, not to the same degree, but in a similar way. We talked about that last week. Yep. Um, anyways, we went on quite a tangent there. Let's get little back. Bit. Little let's bit. get back to to Loki because first of all, Badevar has asked a question. Okay. What's do Baedvar's they think that with Loki, do you think they're going to add more gods or historical legends to the game? And the answer is probably. At some point. I think the the really interesting like capstone legend for Brahalla would probably be Odin. You'd think that would have been Thor though. More people know who Thor is than Odin. More people know who Thor is, but like lore wise, I think if if Brahalla was ever gonna make a decision to like either make a Brahalla 2 or stop producing legends, I would hope that Odin was the last legend that they put in the game. Odin is Odin the is T.O. T-O. <laughs> Fair enough, he's running the tournament. O- Odin, Odin, t- Odin's not allowed to compete. There's tons of gods and historical legends, but um, do we keep it to Norse? 
gods and historical legends? Yeah, that's a good question. Because um, we technically have Artemis, but it's not Artemis. You know what I mean? Right. It's not the Greek goddess Artemis. Yeah. Otherwise, do you keep it to the historical legends? Do you keep it to or the historical Norse legends or gods or anything like that? True, we do have Poseidon with Thatch. There's the Poseidon Thatch skin. I don't know. We could open the door to, to other... Does it become Smite the fighting game at some point? Where you just start bringing other gods in from other from other mythologies and stuff like that? Who knows? I mean, we're already Fortnite the fighting game, so why not? Yeah, we could be Fortnite the fighting game into Smite <laughs> the fighting game. Yeah. Smite the Fortnite fighting game. I mean... <laughs> You can welcome to Brawlhalla, where you can have Thor and Loki versus Raphael from Ninja Turtles and Steven Universe. <laughs> That's true. It's not just the skin in Mako's lore. They do talk about him actually being Poseidon. Oh, that's interesting. That that's right. You know, I have read Mako's lore. Any case, um, that does open up a big, huge collection of of characters that they could put into the game i'm not opposed to it but i do like i i generally think in fact i don't generally think i almost always think that bmg makes really really good original characters so i don't re really want them to have to stray into pools of other of other uh characters and stuff like that because they do really good work with their original characters i mean to be fair even the even like Thor and Loki are very like they fit because they're kind of adapted from the lore that Brawlhalla has kind of built around the game. Right. And so yeah. they don't cleanly match up exactly to sort of like the more historical um, Norse gods necessarily. Yeah. They, they still kind of like fit in the Brawlhalla universe. Which yeah. to me makes them still feel like original Brawlhalla characters. Exactly. Than not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see who comes after Loki. Obviously, BMG is constantly like three characters ahead. Like we only see Loki, but they've probably got two or three of the next characters in development. So yeah. I am interested in to see interested in seeing uh what they've got in store for us, probably at BCX, you'd think. Yeah. So, in any case, yeah, no, that was a good question, Badevar. I liked it. Thank you. Um, anything else on this patch that we wanted to cover? Making life a little bit easier for TOs with the new, uh, with the new, um, good custom one. changes as well. Yes, yes, yes. That's actually really big. Um, and photo. Photo putting out the call that uh, uh, we want to see more locals. Seeing more locals for Brahalla would be really cool, and they want to help kind of en enable that. And so having stances unlocked in local tournament games will be really sick. And then uh, if you're running like a big event, a decently sized event, and you need some uh, um, all legends un unlocks, they'll uh, they'll hook you up with that. Just by emailing esports at brawlhalla.com. Yeah, no, that's it's awesome. Grassroots. Grassroots is what makes fighting games go round. In a world where it seems like all the other esports right now are kind of crumbling, mm -hmm. 
it looks like fighting games are rising. And that's just another step in bringing more people into the tournament scene and stuff like that. Because again, when you talk to people on the street that know about Brawlhalla, not all of them know that there are tournaments. Mm -hmm. You know? Not all of them know that there's this huge, thriving esports scene. Everybody knows there's a Street Fighter esports scene. Everybody knows there's Mortal Kombat League. Everybody knows Tekken World Tour is a thing. Everybody knows that Smash has a tournament every weekend. But it seems like for being one of the biggest fighting games on the planet, which Brawlhalla is, let's not make words about it, a lot of fighting game players don't don't realize that there's this massive tournament scene. So being able to bring it to the locals to expose mm -hmm. more people to it will just bring in more players. Yep. No, I agree. And they're making they're making really good strides on improving performance in the game too, so that you don't need crazy setups in order to run locals as well. There there lies the issue with Brawlhalla though. Yep. It would be so much easier if we could get really good performance out of one of the console versions and that just be the way to play. It's it's not just performance, it's inputs. True. It's input devices. It's yeah. I'm a keyboard player. You're a controller player. Yep. I'm a keyboard player. Now me, I'm I'm in a unique position where my first year and a half I was a controller player and I still sometimes hop on the controller and I'm fine. Yep. But people who have been strictly keyboard players, they wouldn't be able to play at these locals. True. Xbox has native um, keyboard and mouse built in. Yep. Like it can take the inputs natively. Does that make Xbox the way to play this game at a local? I don't know. I... I feel like Xbox performance for Brahalla is also kind of iffy, which is mm -hmm. what makes it questionable. So I have an Xbox Series S. I could download it and find out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. Xbox One had issues as far as performance went. Yeah. But we're on next gen now. I don't know what it looks like on next gen, so I, I could test it out. But um or at least I haven't heard anybody talk about it on next gen. That is the problem, is that with some serious input delay and monitors not being able to help it as much because of consoles. Um, that, that in lies the next thing that we need to, the next hurdle that we need to jump over for Brahalla to actually be able to thrive at a local scene. Yep. Yeah. The, if, if the game is going to be run off of PCs, it needs to be able to run off of cheap PCs and average monitors. Exactly. And perform close enough yeah that uh it's playable and i feel like we're so close to being there like, yeah with all of the with all of the most recent performance improvements that are on the the tech test build and like all the frame fix stuff like i played a significant amount of brahalla on the latest performance changes on 60 hertz and it is close. It's really close to being as good as playing on 144. Except that we're playing on 240 on LAN. Yeah. So, we gotta get it closer to that. Now, 
But you can't expect you can't expect a local to have two forty. It's true. Plus. It's true. But one forty four hertz monitors are so cheap now. You can buy one forty four hertz yeah. monitors like ninety bucks on sale. Sure, sure, like, sure. So, you know, um, maybe that's your pathway into it. Get a little bit more performance tweaks. Mm-hmm. Buy some cheap one forty four hertz TN panel monitors and call it a day, and have a close to major LAN experience. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very close, and the fact that they're putting in effort to, for things like the stance unlocks and offering to hook hook locals up with all legends packs so that they don't have to spend um, hours speed running through the game to unlock legends, Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> yeah, or you, or you drop the twenty bucks, one or the other. Foda, Foda didn't want to name drop during the stream, but I'll name drop during the stream because I yeah. watched the Twitter blow up from. Uh, I uh, I may Jibaley or may not doing have, that stuff over. The I may or may not have added Ed Boon. I was like, "What are you doing? You got yeah. the biggest, the first biggest tournament in uh, Mortal Kombat One's history, and you uh, you won't hook up the mans with with the all character packs and yeah. stuff like that. like come on, yeah, so." Anyways, n- another good change. Only good changes. These are only good changes. Yeah, no, really happy yeah. about this patch. Loki, I mean, for as as power creep as his sigs look, the character looks really cool. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to kind of get my hands on him and play with him a bit and see yeah. how everything feels, like the way all of his kit flows together. Because if it's good, I mean, it'll probably go into my list because Scythe... And yeah, guitars. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it probably won't go on to mine. Mind you, I've been messing with Volkov a little bit, but who knows? Um, good. Yeah, I like Volkov, but um, um, he's a cool legend thematically. Um, he, he's yeah, he's just a cool, cool legend. We all like Loki around these parts. Also, the TV show's pretty good. So, um, yeah, you can't uh, you can't go wrong with uh, with Loki. And it was only a matter of time. We knew he was coming eventually. So why not drop it as the last legend before BCX and then drop something even bigger at BCX? Yeah, that's what I was wondering is like if we're we're going into October next week. And so October 4th looks like the patch release date. That is speculation. What we yep. have heard from the developers is "quote unquote" soon. Um, but if I had to put my money on it, I would say next Wednesday is probably the patch date. So if we get Loki on October fourth, that is literally a month before BCX. Yeah. What yeah. crazy shit <laughs> is about to happen at BCX if we got Loki literally a month before? You think it's a new weapon? Or is Battle Boot still too new? That's actually hard to say. Um, how many years? What's they the like longest? It. What's the longest we've gone between new weapons? Orb and Greatsword. Was that like a two-year gap? That's two-year gap between Orb and Greatsword. Oh, it wasn't actually. It wasn't even quite a two-year gap, was it? Because Greatsword was released in the middle of the year and then and was legal before BCX, right? Don't remind me. <laughs> I had to play that tournament and I played nothing but 
Yeah. No, that's not true. I played Cosalix into Greatsword. That was, yeah, don't remind me. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if they're, if they're keeping it to one year between weapons again, I mean, it could be. Maybe. It, it seems like a short turnaround on it. I could see more of a year and a half gap. But then you're releasing a weapon. The problem is, is if you release a new weapon in the middle of next season, you just you just can't make it legal. Yeah. You just can't. You no, you have to have learned from BCX 2020. No, Photo's Fo- you know? already talked about that before. They they have definitely learned from, yeah. Yeah. from that. They definitely don't want to release a new weapon that they then make legal in the se- in the middle of the season. They've, yeah. They've already talked about that. So I don't I don't see them doing that again. I would no. I think I would find it more likely that if it's not a new weapon at BCX, I feel like it'll probably just go another year before we yep. see the next weapon. Nothing wrong with that. I am totally okay with taking your time. Yeah. I mean, we all we we don't have nearly enough orb characters, great sword characters, boots characters, yep. and even cannon characters. We just don't have enough of them. Yep. Cannon hasn't seen a character in what? Like It's been a little bit. It's been a little who's bit. Who's the last character? Who's the last canon character? Onyx, I think. Is it really Onyx? Yeah. I think it's Onyx. That's if we don't get another canon character, it, it'll be four years between canon characters. I mean, there was four years between Lance. No, was it more than four years between Lance Legends? Just seems like a lot. You know? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, this kind of this kind of thing happens, especially around when new weapons are released, because of the weapon character release schedule. They always do like three. Three, three or four one, new yeah. with the new weapon, and if and if the new character doesn't include a weapon that hasn't had one in a while, like Thea, we got Lance character. Lance players got kind of lucky with Thea that like we got a boots lance instead of something like boots sword or boots spear or whatever. Yeah. So so Lance kind of got their new character with with boots. Um. And then I Orb. Guess- Orb also kind of got their new character with boots as well. Yeah. So, is it bow and axe that are the next two that need weapon that need a new release? Bow and axe. Who's the last bow character? Vector. Moonin. 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 Yeah, you're right. And then axe. Who's the last axe character? Volkov. That's a good question. Have to go back and look. Yeah, I'd have to go look. Why don't I like pull up the legend list? Yeah, regardless, um, BCX will be big. There'll be a new character for sure. Probably, like Badevar said, another crossover too. Like a big crossover. Like, And I don't know how much bigger you can get than Halo. We had a Halo this year. Yeah, we had Halo this year. I mean, they did... What, what was the big one that was at BCX last year? Last Airbender? Yeah, Last Airbender. We have Last Airbender. We had Halo. We had Tekken. Like, It's been a big year for crossovers. How much bigger can you get? What oh, are you going to do? They can find a way. Uh, way. Jamming in a a Mortal Kombat crossover, maybe? With the release of Mortal Kombat? That would be something. I mean, they did it with Tekken. They did it with Street Fighter. Why not Mortal Kombat? Why not Mortal Kombat, right? So, that would be cool. 
Has I'm... there ever been has there ever been a fighting game with all three of them in there? Mortal Kombat, Tekken, and Street Fighter all in the same game? Oh, I don't think be... so. I don't think so. No. <laughs> that would certainly be interesting. Yeah. Um Let's uh let's talk about Autumn Champs. Yes, I wanted to get to that at some point. Uh, where, to, what region to... do you want to start with? Oh man. Uh, do we that's... Do we do it in order? Do we do do we do like Let's start with do... South America cuz I want to let's talk about Kaina. He's just so good. Like what? Okay. So South America top let's just do top four top four was kina lores west and use yep so their their royale representatives for the autumn royale are going to be kina and lores yep kina won the last one yep does kina win the next one i don't know look how dominant sandstorm was and let's not let's not jump too far ahead but let let let's okay. Let's go back to Kaina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's, let's go back. Hold on. Let's 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 go back. Let's go back to actual autumns, and then we'll talk Royale after we go through the regions. Okay, let's go to Kaina. Kaina was unreal again, as he has been. Yeah. Um. Can he win? Absolutely, he can win. Is he favored to win? Probably, at one or two to win. I don't think there is any argument. I think he showed at this past Royale, I think he showed a very significant weakness and it's going to be very interesting to see if he will be able to do something about it between now and the next Royale because he looked extremely dominant in all of the games that he played and then lost to like the bottom two people at the Royale because they played boots. Yep. And... Yeah, he. That's right. He has an issue versus boots. And Sandstorm was showed a crazy set of boots. Yeah, this he showed, weekend he showed his boots to go along with one of his comfort weapons with gauntlets. There's no yeah. weakness there. He's got gauntlets. He's got boots, and he's got Tezka. We're talking about power creep signatures. There's yeah. a character with power creep signatures. No kidding. That's one of the top three best characters in Brawlhalla. And Sandstorm is playing it at the top. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And. Okay. So that's South America. Kind of still looks very dominant, though. That's true. I, if if yeah. he can figure out an answer to Boots, I think it's very likely he will be at least top two yep. at the Royale. Um, yeah. Did you... Uh, I, I personally did not get a chance to watch uh, Australia or Southeast Asia. They're just off hours for me. I didn't get to yeah. watch them either. Same. Um, um, Himway won again, I believe, in Southeast Asia. Yep. And who was, was it? Dummy? No. Uh, no, it was... Uh, uh, Kyler? No, the homie Kyler got second place, though. Yes, Kyler got second. That's what I how love you, to see. How do you pronounce number one's name? Is it Ragundas? Oh, Ragundas? Ragundas? Ragundas, yes. Ragundas, yes. Yeah. So Ragundas won, Tyler second, um, and D Dummy got fourth. That's right. So, But Dummy was still up there. That was a bit of a drop-off for Dummy. 
Um, we talked last week about the crazy stuff that happened in Australia. The whole top player shakeup in, in that region is unfortunate. But uh, Actually, we didn't talk about it last week. We didn't get to it. Oh, did we not? We didn't get to it. Okay. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't even want to cover it now. No, it's it's it. What's done is done. That's what I like to hear. You know, they yeah. they did what they needed to do. Yeah, let's move on. It let's made the about... homie. It made the homie Kyler get second place too. That's what. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Southeast Asia. I did not get a chance to watch him. Way did win. Um, he's won every. He's won every one this year, hasn't he? In South Southeast Asia. Think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, it's so interesting seeing like well-known names from that region not place super great. Like Tiger was outside of top eight. I don't think Tiger puts the time in anymore. Remember how dominant Tiger used to be? Yeah. Remember how you would go to the leaderboards of ranked and it would be, you know, your usual suspects. And then you see Tiger there. And he'd be like 119 and two. Yeah. Like, and he would just show Tiger was so good. And Kyler for a while, they were so good at their regions that they would wake up and just win. Then it wouldn't be close. They wouldn't drop games. Yeah. yeah. So um, it is weird not to see Tiger in top eight and, you know, was Jerry there? Was Hollux there? Like none Jerry of these. Jerry K was fifth. Yeah. Jerry K was fifth. Okay. Yeah. It's it's good to see Jerry K still there. Um, I don't think even Hollux plays anymore. Uh, was Ghost there? Like I, I just I. I will plead ignorance. I don't watch enough of Southeast Asia or Australia. I uh, same. It, it's not because I don't think they're good at Brawlhalla. It's just the off the off hours are very difficult for me to watch. Yep. Yep. You know, so um, not the best coverage on those, but good for Himway and good for Agundas. Congratulations, you guys! You know Himway especially uh, pulling off the pulling off the 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 Grand Slam, the Tiger Grand or the yeah the Tiger Grand Slam. That used to be a saying for golf. If you could pull off the Grand Slam, it was the Tiger Grand Slam because Tiger Woods won all four majors in a row. In South a- Southeast Asia, Tiger would win all four regions in a row. And now Hemway's pulled off the Tiger Grand Slam. So good for him. Yeah, yeah no, that's really good. Uh, Europe. Europe. Godly. Again. Looking, looking dominant. Yep. Looking very dominant. Um, yeah, the the EU representatives for the Royale are going to be Godly Knees and how do you pronounce this? Monir? Moonier, Monir, yeah. I, I know I've I've seen Moonier. I mean he's mostly top eight in, in twos, hasn't he, this year when he's been playing? So I've seen the name. Um Moonier. Moonier. I've seen the name, but isn't it interesting that both Knees and Godly are going to be the f- only two people that made all four Royales and neither of them have won one yet? That is interesting. I think Godly's hungry. Yeah. I don't think and... he has the think he has the chops i think he's really really good i don't think he has the chops sandstorm or kind of i could really honestly see it being the big three one two and three that's how i could see it yeah okay i i think that's interesting i think 
I think what would be interesting to me is if Godly were to specifically practice a counterpick to Kaina. Yeah, but he's the, not the only threat. The, what's that? He's not the only threat. That's the issue. You can't just practice for one guy. Yeah, but Godly kind of clapped Sandstorm at the pa at the last Royale. That's true, but it looked like Sandstorm leveled up since then. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but like, yeah. kind of made short work of Godly. That's true. Summer sure Royale. did. Sure like, did. He made it look effortless. Sure did. And I would be very interested to see if Godly has a counterpick planned for kinda specifically because that was the only that was the only set that i saw godly play where it looked like he just could not find a way to get any control at all yep hey, don't get me wrong if godly won i wouldn't be surprised if any of those big three won i'd be like yeah that makes sense you know that's about right i just think if it was to pick one of those big three to be third i would pick godly in third that's all. Interesting. If okay. I had to bet money, you know what I mean? So so let's do NA real quick, and then we can talk Royale. Sandstorm. One again. It, one again. Can anybody stop him in North America? He's back, and he's. it's not just that he's winning majors. He's winning all of the tournaments in between. He's winning all of the, the community tournaments. He's just he's showing up winning everything and the scariest part is he's grinding yeah that's that's like the real big difference i think is that like he seems to have found he seems to have found his enjoyment of the game again and sandstorm when he's enjoying the game and grinding at the level that he's grinding at right now is absolutely terrifying I don't think Sandstorm has grinded like this since 2018. Yeah. Because like 2019 and 2020, he didn't really, there was really very few players that could touch him. So he didn't grind as much as he needed to. Mm -hmm. And then, then he takes this big break, goes and plays other games, goes and plays multiverses, puts a little more time in Smash. And then, of course, they shut down multiverses and Smash has the world's stalest meta right now. So he comes back to, well, all you're seeing is Steve's and game and watches and stuff. It's not, it's not a fun thing to watch. Um, Sonic. Um, so he comes back and it took him a bit to find his footing. Like we're talking, he was missing top eights and, and barely, barely squeezing into top eights. And then something clicked. Yeah. And then suddenly he just won them all. And made it look easy. Like he dropped what? How many games did he lose overall in 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 autumns? Not many. How many individual games did he lose? Yeah, not many. Uh, that's a good did anybody question. force him to a game 5? Not to my so. knowledge. I think it was like most of the sets were like 3-1 at worst. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm checking start GG. I'm not sure if it'll show me. No, I don't think it does. Yeah, I mean, he didn't drop a set for sure. No, he didn't drop a set. And uh, he lost one game to Luna in Grand Finals and then made it look easy after that. Yeah. Like, he's like, okay, figured it out. Boom, boom, 
the quickest three one after the after the the loss. So NA top four was Sandstorm, Luna, Megdi, and Java. Yep. Uh, Megdi Megdi was a little surprising to me because of how crazy Java looked leading up to their set. I thought for sure Java was going to take that one. And let's re- yeah, go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say let's rewind a little bit, and let's all remember that Java got a little lucky with an experience disconnect earlier in this earlier in the day. Uh yes, kind so, of. Ca- let's not saying that he's going to lose that set. But he does get a little lucky with that disconnect. His experience was playing very well. Yes. No, for got sure. That, and got that disconnect. So let's just all take a roll back and just remember that that happened. And then we can jump back to, yes, Java was looking insane. Megdi's play style can limit anybody's explosiveness. No, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Um, Megdi... Megdi has gotten a lot better at um, bursting his uh, engagement. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not just pure avoidance anymore. If he finds an opening and if he gets some confidence in the match that he's playing, like he will go in on you and kind of pick you apart if he sees a way to get in and do it. But he still has that just tough as nails patience that very few other players have. I think I think if Meg D can nail down um just slightly better decision making because of the way he plays, he could be the best player in North America. Because that type of play style is probably optimal. I've been saying it for a while. I mean, Megdi's, doing, Megdi's doing it better than anybody else. Megdi, Megdi was like, uh, I mean, some people might take this as shade, but he was kind of the hungry box of Brahalla. Yeah, and and it's the optimal way to play Brahalla. It's not the most fun way, because going back to last year, last week when we were talking about uh, the inability to pressure from distance. And the fact that you can't win on by damage numbers alone. Yep. That in an even game, there's no ins even stock game, there's no incentive to approach. Right. And Magdi is taking that and running. And then when he does get an opening, he's gotten a lot better at blowing you up. Yep. If he if he gets that hungry box type of blow you up three times in a row once he gets that opening. He could be the best player in North America. He's still so young. Like, I don't think he's 19 yet. So the frontal lobe still got to develop a little bit. (laughs) And his decision-making is only going to get better. Yeah. And Luna's got to sort out his his hands and his wrist. Like, him having... him, Him dealing with the... Like, the RSI stuff is... It's going to be a major problem if he doesn't sort it out and yeah. try to get his hands healthy. Because yeah. that's definitely been a major limiting factor to players in other games, for sure. He's also emotional. 
I've watched him on lands and he shows emotions when he wins and loses. Mm -hmm. Like people talk to me like I'm an emotional player when I was on land, but in the land, in the moment, pure focus. Yep. Things that happen for him, he something bad I've watched. Something bad goes goes on in a game. You're seeing him like rolling his eyes and throwing his head back and sighing, and that's just not a mental that's gonna get you winning lands and stuff like that. So, two thing that's the one thing he has to work on, and the other thing he has to work on is yeah, he's got to figure out a a, a a way to to fix his wrists, a way yeah. to mitigate. He's a keyboard player, right? Maybe controller is better for his wrists. Is he a keyboard player? I thought he was. Am I wrong? Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe he's a controller player. And maybe he does need to make that switch to keyboard because of how ergonomic a keyboard is. You're stre- you're spreading your hands out. You're, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not sure what his. Uh, he does his... play controller. I know so that... he has to he has to go the other way. He needs yeah. to swap with the keyboard, probably. I, it's less that he needs to swap to keyboard. I think it's more that he just needs to do proper maintenance on his yep. on his hands and wrists. He needs to take appropriate breaks. He needs to do stretches. He probably needs to do some exercises on his with his hands and wrists. Like just doing that makes a huge difference. Like it's made a huge difference for me. Like going into, uh, I think it was twenty twenty, coming off of that BCX. Like I was one of the reasons that I was considering quitting before COVID happened was RSI. Like literally mm-hmm. I had the same problem mm-hmm. and um, that's all that and kind of the state that the game was moving in back mm-hmm. then was like the two major contributing factors to me, like just not enjoying anything, not yeah. having fun. It was yeah. hurting to play that kind of stuff. And so yeah. I took a huge step back back then because I felt like I kind of needed to stop or I was yeah. going to destroy my hands. Yeah. And uh and exercise and proper stretching it makes a world of difference. Yeah. So Anyways, there's your North America top 4. All right. So your Royale participants. Sandstorm yeah. Luna Megdi for North America. Yep. Uh What was is godly godly knees moonir moonir for europe and then kaina and lores for south america yeah you've already established that your top three is going to be sandstorm kaina godly in that order yes because i think sandstorm's boots are going to mess up kaina okay yeah so sandstorm and and because because we don't know if godly has any answer for kaina i think that's your top three what do you think about moonir as a dark horse to just come in and fuck up the round robin every single player that has come in to try and be a dark horse has finished seventh or eighth it hasn't worked (laughs) (laughs) so um like who was it was it who was the european that got in last time was it specter no, um, uh, oh, I can't remember. Was it S Grape? Yes, it was S Grape. I knew it was an S. Yeah, the dude, the dude himself didn't even predict himself winning the tournament because I, I got into his D, I got into his comment and he predicted himself not even winning the tournament. <laughs> like, I'm like, 
you gotta i went into every tournament i played thinking i was gonna win how can you go in with that type of mentality anyways that's pretty rough it's it's a different stage it's probably his first time coming to north america um I think nerves as well as being around nothing but top eight players will probably it's not going to go in his favor. Lores being a dark horse, on the other hand. True. I could see that. That could be very interesting. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a lot about Sandstorm at the Royale. What about Luna Megdi? Um, Luna's probably in the five, six range. Uh, I think, think if Megdi can uh, I could see Megdi being fourth okay I could see I either think I think it's either going to be Megdi or Laura as a fourth okay I don't think I don't think Megdi can mess up the bracket but I think he can finish right there at fourth I think Megdi will will do his thing beat some really good players get beat by some really good players and just finish fourth Okay. Um, so you I, think I, he you think he advances to the bracket out of yes. Robin? Okay. I think he gets through to the bracket just because of the way he plays. And on LAN, you can uh, you can really mess with people a lot more on LAN. I think that he can break people's mentals a little bit more on LAN and stuff like that with the spread pressure and spotlight. So I think he could get it. I think he could get into the bracket. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like Magdi's chances in every tournament. There, he's he's the one player that I don't think I bet against to ever make a top eight. Now, pretty much, and of course, this is only top eight. But he's been very consistent yeah. recently. Like what? Yeah. What is his PR right now? Is he like PR three? I think he's PR three or four because it's San, it's what Luna one still or Sandstorm one yet. I'm going to pull it up now. Remember, it hasn't been updated, I don't think, yet. I don't think it's been updated for... Autumns. autumns. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was fourth going into Autumns. So it was okay. Luna, it was Luna, Impala, Sandstorm, Megdi was the yeah. top four. So there you go. He, he, he's established himself as a top four or five player in North America. I think it's yeah. very likely... Yeah, your power ranking update after Autumns is probably going to be Sandstorm, Luna, Megdi. Yep. Impala didn't play, so he's going to drop down a good bit. Yep. It's unfortunate. Dang. We are over an hour, Dang. Yeah, so should we take a few questions and what well, I didn't ask you. What do you think? What do you think about the uh the Royale? What is your top 3? Oh, true. Um I mean, everybody knows at this point that I'm a Sandstorm fan, so I'm going to root for I'm going to root for the man. I hope that he wins. Um, I would like to see him perform at Royale as like a a precursor to BCX so that it like everybody knows what's coming, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would like to see Sandstorm win. Uh, the The biggest wrench in my prediction is literally going to be Kaina's boots matchup. Yeah, I think if he has the boots match matchup figured out, like he just out neutraled everyone. Yeah, so hard at the Royale. Yeah, with the exception of the boots players, and if he can figure out how to 
do what he did versus everyone else versus that weapon too, it would be really difficult. Here's a question for you. Does this Royale dictate who the best player in the world is going into BCX between Sandstorm or Kaina if they win it? If neither of them win it, then it's still up in the air. But if Sandstorm or Kaina win it, is that player the best player in the world going into BCX? Sandstorm hasn't won any of the other Royales, has he? He hasn't, but he's also won like five or six tournaments in a row. Just in NA, though. That's true. That's true. We have, but we have kind of hold on, hold on. We have toast here in chat. So I want to do a stats check real quick if he'll uh, indulge me. Toast, can you remind me who the other two Royale winners were this year? Because we had Summers, kind of won that. Luna and Use. Luna right. and Use. Okay. So, dang, that's that's so actually. Sand... So if Sandstorm wins this, not only do we go North America, Brazil, Brazil, North America. The no land victory is definitely a blemish in Sandstorm's twenty twenty three. I that's that's. But then he went. He wins this. He then wins this. And he's going into BCX. Just say it. He, let's just say he wins it, goes into BCX. Is he the best? Is he the one to beat? Is Sandstorm the best player in the world again? Absolutely. Going into BCX. No, I, yeah. I think I would say that. Yeah. So would I. This dictates who is the best player in the world going into BCX. If either of those two win it. If neither of them win it and say Godly wins it or one of the other players, then it's still up in the air. Then it's just like, who's the best player in the world, right? Yeah. Like, but if one of those two guys win it, it's definitely yeah. it's definitely an open question. Yeah. I, it it could be argued that if Sandstorm wins it, it's still maybe a bit of an open question. It's true. Godly did win the last LAN, the last open LAN. Was that what was that Valencia? Yeah. Now. I always take European lands for a grain of salt because we don't send as many North Americans as Europe sends Europeans. Right. We have NASAEU land victory on land this year. Yeah. Yeah. BCX is going to be crazy. Like the competition right now, I feel, is the fiercest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big BCX. Um... I'm just going to show up and mess up the brackets, though, so it doesn't matter in the end. Yeah, exactly. I always do. I literally always do at BCX. I mean, Godly's losing to me in pools, so... I beat Remy at 2019 and broke the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let's do... Uh, if anybody has questions, let's let's spend a couple of minutes taking questions um, before we get out of here, because we've already been here for an hour. Yeah. Uh, anybody got any thoughts? about uh royale autumns the new patch you say na only sends a few but they won every eu land until this true. those few i mean we were always sending our best before that's true so, we were always sending the best of the best yeah um adam cool says play isaiah which is uh if you are a masochist do it 
are we impressed by any runs outside of the top four? Of course, Balloon Boy. Who can talk about? Oh, the, we didn't even talk about. We didn't Balloon even talk Boy. about Balloon Boy. Oh my goodness! That's true. Finally, he shook off his nerves, and the kid shook off his nerves and showed up and got himself a top eight on the Devil Gin. Zerial Sigs are a lot stronger than people seem to realize, and he is capitalizing. Not on. just top eight; he got fifth his he first time in fifth. the top eight. Yeah, he got fifth. No, that was really impressive. He played very yeah. well. Good for good for Balloon Boy. He's been grinding, and I, that guy's played the game for a long time. But he was very unfortunately stuck on a console on a TV for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good for Balloon Boy. Now, happy for Balloon Boy. I think he actually is a potential BCX dark horse. I think. No, he, I, I don't know, man. I don't know about it, winning. I don't know about winning, but I think he has the potential to really mess up a bracket. I don't have the faith because it took him all of these tournaments just to shake off his online nerves. It was always nerves, and he tweets about it. It's nerves, nerves, nerves. And it took him all of these online tournaments mm. to shake off online nerves. Has, uh, has Balloon Boy gone to any lands this year? Adam, the big thing is, is some people thrive on the land nerves. Other people other people crumble on the land nerves was balloon boy at bcx last year i don't think he was i think he's young i think he's really young i think he's like 15 or 16 he hasn't gone to a land but perhaps he can pop off do we know for sure if he's going to be at bcx this year that's the other thing he's canadian needs a passport are the parents believing in him now will they get him out there he's young and it's tougher to get oh, okay a visa he's canadian he doesn't need a visa he needs a passport. He doesn't need a visa. Not a visa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Balloon Boy. Bo Balloon Boy getting top eight. That was that was no, very good impressive. For him. I mean, experience in fifth as well. Experience second place at Summers. Like yeah. Unlucky. Got had an unlucky situation where he DC'd. I think he said his game just froze. I don't think he actually DC'd. I've had that happen to me. That happened to me at BCX 2022s with blue guys. That was not fun. Yeah. So I feel it. And that sucks for him. You know whose run I was really impressed with, by the way? Free the Dolphin? I was really, really impressed with the Trophius's run. <laughs> Man's got 33rd. We got to give it some credit. Old okay. man can still game. Old man can still game. I I will say my my big surprise um, during my run was how close the games versus Cody Travis felt. Yep, that's a, that's always good. Cody's really good still, so that's really good. Good. So I was thirty third. Uh, big deal. Thirty third is pretty damn good in this level of competition now. Like, if it was, like, a few years ago, I'd be like, damn, 33rd feels bad. 33rd yeah. feels fucking great right now. I'm not going to lie. If I got 33rd in 2019, I would have jumped off a roof. <laughs> if I get 33rd now, I'm like, you know what? That's not that bad. I got 97th. Oh, I didn't even I, look. I'm sorry to hear I got, that. I got 97th. Let's, let's spin it a different way. It's my first time getting out of pools this year. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
So 97th wasn't that bad, but I lost a, uh, I, I lost a game five to a misinput. I, oh. which would have, which would have put me on the run to 33rd. Had I just got past that game five um, at 97. 33rd is bad. All right. Yeah. Sandwick knows the Sandwick, Sandwick knows 33rd so much that he just got employed by the company instead. He can't, he couldn't take it in 33rd anymore. Sandwick Sandwick had uh, the best crowd pop off at uh, DreamHack Dallas. That's true. He did from when he uh, from when he broke the thirty third curse. That's true. He did good for good for him breaking the thirty third curse. Yep. No. Um. Yeah. So the runs. I was impressed with Balloon Boy's run. That was really really good. Um. Anybody who got ninth that I was impressed with because ninth is really hard to get, and then you just kind of think they're knocking on the door. And I have to go open the bracket. No. Right here's, after- here's the crazy thing. You want to know who the ninth place finishers in NA were? Boomy got ninth. I know that. Radish, Snowy, Boomy, and Pierre. Okay, so any one of those four are top eight players. Yeah. So I'm actually unimpressed with those four. <laughs> so, anyways, we'll move on <laughs> from that. Um. Um. I'm glad that Walsh got 17. Yeah, Walsh did. Walsh did good. Uh, Phazon got 17th. Walshy, Walshy was the one who knocked me out at 33rd. So if yeah. he had, if he had like won that game and then immediately lost the next one, I was going to be mad. But he got yeah. 17th, so yeah, um, I'm less mad. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Faison got 17th. So good for Faison. He's been slowly climbing that ladder again. Hardy MJ uh, at 17th with basically no practice. Hardy MJ with zero practice getting 17th is impressive. So good for Hardy. Um, that guy's just crazy at fighting games, though. Like I, I hope he actually grinds for the next month, and we see like some crazy Hardy upset at BCX. Yeah, I could see it because right now there's a stagnation in Street Fighter, and I think he's just bored. Sure. So I could see that. I wouldn't doubt um, it. Hardy is correct. I agree. I think that if there's anybody that's in that like between top 12 and top 32 range that has like an insane amount of potential that could do super well with the right amount of practice and like and the weapon that nobody has wep- uh, matchup knowledge on. We all don't know how to play against Greatsword. So what did he actually play in uh, Autumns? Because I don't think I... he actually played Greatsword, did he? Pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he was playing uh, Jay Yun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played Jay Yun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, any Any other questions from anybody else? That was a good one there, uh, Dolphin. Who was I impressed with? You got who I was unimpressed with, and you got who I was. <laughs> with. So. so. Yeah, we got time for a couple more questions. If anybody has anything. Yeah, we're literally hopping off and then taking a. Uh, quick break and then jumping on to play twos because we got to get ready for this weekend so you guys got some time to ask us a few more questions here while we're waiting on that um what do you want to talk about next week i think we should do what we were talking about but we should keep it a secret until next week um Okay. Because that will be funny when people show up to watch that one. True, true, true. I agree. 
I I'm looking forward to that argument. Gonna be a fight. You I might... think it's I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be an argument for sure. I think there's a lot of things we're gonna agree on, and I think there's a lot of things that we're really gonna disagree on. Yep. I think the title of the stream is wrong. Oh, I think you're right. Oh no, did you not change it to the Brawlhalla Origin? Oh, it's the Brawlhalla Origins watch party this whole time. Dang. I knew I was forgetting something. I'm going to blame Double Dime for this because he showed up like five minutes before we started. What is your dream weapon combo? That, uh, orb and bow. That's the easiest. The easiest. If I get an orb bow character, I love Kaya to death, but spear is just a weapon I play as a necessary evil. It is so boring to play. So if I could get myself an orb and bow character with decent sigs and some speed, you got me sold for the rest of the world. All right, say that again. What was your dream weapon combo? Orb and bow. Orb and bow. Interesting. Yeah. I already have my dream weapon combo in the game. It's uh Egg, so I have to play it in twos. I don't play brand ones. Yeah, my my dream weapon combo was scythe and sword, and we have Jiro. So is Loki coming today? No, he is not. Loki will be it, 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 my speculation is most likely next week, but the devs say soon TM. So soon TM, yeah. Okay. No, I I definitely want orb and bow with some speed and some sigs, like some decent sigs. I don't need broken broken sigs, but I don't need vector down sig before we work sigs either. Any legend picks you'd want to see in BCX ones? Ooh, as in like what people would play is that the is that the question yeah what what would you like to see people play in ones i would like to see sandstorm down two one or th uh three or t yeah two one in grand finals and bust out the mordex <laughs> that's what i'd like to see I want to see Sandstorm pick Magyar and win BCX. That would be hilarious. I'd like to see Crocky. Crocky uh, needs to play Ada again. Ada, that's what I was saying. Bust out an Ada. What would I change about seasonals if you could change anything? Uh, a lot of my stuff is West related. I hate getting up at eight o'clock in the morning. So that's that's something I'd change. Um. Um. What would I want to see changed? That's a really you know, good question, mostly because I don't have an answer for it. I would have to think about it more. There are... Th I don't know. I mean, I like that you guys have extended back best of fives all the way to where they where they are now. I don't think you could feasibly go any farther back than that. So yeah. that's fine. That's good. I like where the best of fives are. Um... This is... Uh, maybe shorter times in between sets in top eight maybe just because top eight can can run for a while and that's a lot of a lot out of your guys control sometimes sometimes players are going to have a nervous poo before they're set and stuff like that <laughs> like things like that happen but um, i'm real familiar with that I've, uh, well i don't have i just have poos not nervous poos <laughs> there's no nerves um you know, there's just 
yeah, like legend people staying on on their uh their legend picks for too long and stuff like that. The one thing I do want to say is that I would have liked I want to see more enforcement of disqualifications. Blue guy oh. and this this is going back a, a while back is, now. Is this gonna going to be a back. hot take or No, 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 no. Blue guys and I were playing Noel and Blood Diamond in a tournament, I can't remember what it was. But we were playing, and Noel and Blood Diamond took 15 minutes to get there mm. after logging in. And because, let's face it, all four of us had some top player privilege, it was never going to happen. But we couldn't DQ them. Yeah, sometimes need to vomit before match. Remy. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe some more enforcement. It just doesn't matter the player's name. We got to enforce that stuff. Yeah, I like that. If you could force people to have to pick their character in the UI of Smash GG, so everybody's reporting regardless. I like that. Yeah, I think it's awkward for Brawlhalla because of the rate that we add legends and how long it takes start gg to update when new legends get added you can't force people dang okay because i know smash why does can't it can't we force people smash does it and they've got 80 characters ultimate's got like 80 characters that's a big thing for me too adam when i get into a set with somebody especially somebody who i know i'm probably I know I'm probably um, going to beat. Um, I want to be able to get them to. I it, it I just want more like because a lot of I've had it where people have tried to cheese me out of out of tournament sets where they're like, no, I won both games and stuff like that. It's just mm. little things. I think the seasonals ran really really well. I don't think there's much that I'd want to change. Yeah. Toast. I think you guys do a really good job now. I love the production. It has gotten it is like I remember watching you know tournaments from 2018. I remember casting tournaments from 2018 where we were uh um um play we were casting on virtual desks and stuff like that. Like I remember that. So I think it's pretty cool. You guys have done great. Like you just have. So yeah, all of the I don't know how much I would change. all of the seasonals feel like uh, very optimized, like well-oiled machines at this point. Very tiny, nitpicky things, toast. Yeah, like nothing that I would say needs to get done. Just somehow like shortening up the shortening up in between sets, like like baseball, how they have a pitch clock. You know, now they used to never have a pitch clock. Now they have a pitch clock and it's shortened the games by 45 minutes. Things like that. Mm. Anything else? We're pulling up on an hour and a half. Anybody got anything else? We'll probably take one, maybe two more. He's never watched baseball. Yeah. Here's what, here's a good one for you. Um, so the, anybody that, uh, Anybody that's not aware, um, I heard <laughs> baseball is boring. 
Um, if I remember correctly, I talked about this with Leftstick a while ago, um, but the World Series is supposed to be in Atlanta the week of BCX. Ooh. And I believe currently the Atlanta Braves are projected to be in the World Series Uh-oh. this year. And so... If anybody's aware of the fact that like it took a very long time to get um like the hotel block for BCX. Yes, toast. Braves ruined all the hotels. So like it took a very long time to get the hotel block sorted out for for BCX this year because of baseball, because of the World Series. Because let's say Atlanta Braves go to the World Series, right? Which they're currently projected to do. If it goes beyond I think game 4, the World Series will actually overlap with BCX. Isn't the diamond really close to the Cobb Galleria too? That's a good question. I don't know exact I, location. I think it's pretty close. I know that when I went to go book my stuff for BCX, the actual hotel venue was completely booked that Thursday. What if the Braves come to play BCX instead? Come to BCX instead of playing? What if, what if the World Series happened on Brahalla instead of on the Dodgers? Yeah, what if we had the Braves <laughs> versus the X team, whatever, X, whoever it is. Most hotels didn't want to work with us. Oh, yeah, that's why the block was so hard to get more money from hedging on the Braves. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, was, that was a really unfortunate um, event overlap with BCX this year. And I am personally hoping that whatever happens at the World Series doesn't go beyond Game 4. You're, you're looking for a sweep that almost never happens, but... If, it, if, if, if we can get the World Series done and out before BCX weekend actually starts, that would be ideal. Because Atlanta is going to be an absolute madhouse if yeah. the Braves are in and it goes to game seven. If it goes to game seven, just don't plan to go anywhere too far from the venue. Yeah, I will stock my mini bar and I will just hang out in the hotel room <laughs> and that'll be the end of that. Because, uh, yeah. One last question and then we're going to jump off. If anybody's got one more and then we're going to jump off and then we're going to take a quick break. And I think Atrophius will be streaming our two session after. Everyone better buy peanut butter and bread for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I not going anywhere near Marta during that weekend is probably a safe bet. If, uh, yeah. if the world series is still going on, cause man, that's going to be a rough weekend in that city. No, what we're what you, what we actually have to worry about is if it goes to game is game seven would be it game seven would be that Sunday, I think. Oh my goodness. So and then game six would be the Saturday. So game six or game seven, if that's the final game and the Braves win, we have to then worry about Atlanta being burned to the ground from everyone celebrating. Well, game <laughs> the only bonus to game six is that's assuming it would be uh, away because the f they're playing really well. They'll get home field advantage that hopefully game six would be an away game and then maybe they won't burn it down as badly. But if it's game seven at home, 
They'll burn the place to the ground. It'll be over. Uh, what hour is it for me? It is 8.30, Exo. You, you live in Canada. You're three hours away. You know these things. Come on. Or three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So early. I'm jealous. That's the final question. That's what we're ending on. Yeah, that's what we're ending on, I guess. Okay. Well, it's been an hour and a half. This I know ran. it's been good. Yeah, let's this one ran for a little bit. So, uh thanks for tuning in everybody. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. That's my vengeance for a troll ignoring my awesome sub. I was actually going to call that out after the podcast, but you made me do it by accident by reading your chat. Um yeah, so that was episode two of the Brawlcast podcast with Atrophius and Double Dime. Thanks, everybody, for stopping by. Uh, we will be back again this time next week, 10 p.m. on Tuesday. We have a very interesting show planned uh, for next week where we will be very likely arguing with each other about things that I'm not going to reveal yet. It is a very good thing that it's after autumns because I might have dropped you beforehand <laughs> if we got another if we got into a real fight. So it might be it might be knockdown drag out in here. I'm not sure. We'll see. All right. Um, but thanks everybody for stopping by. Uh, I'm going to get this uploaded by Friday, I think. So by Friday it should be up on YouTube and it should be up on. Uh, all podcast platforms. So if you miss the beginning of the show, you'll be able to tune in there. But thanks for stopping by, everybody. Have a good night.